One of the most easy to identify reasons why the New Orleans Saints offense struggled in 2022 was the sheer misusage of Alvin Kamara. Here's how they can fix it in 2023. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdet Nation and Houdet family? Welcome into another episode of Locked on Saints, your daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Big shout out to every single everydayer out there making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget, you can subscribe and follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to keep the conversation going one-on-one with me, as well as get uh, Saints news, rumors, film studies, Q&As, all that sent directly to your phone, head over today to joinsubtext.com slash locked on. Saints allows you to support the show a little bit as well. As always, y'all, I am your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, your New Orleans Saints expert, credential member of the media. You can find me as the senior writer and reporter over at Saints News Network, Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation site covering the New Orleans Saints. Tuesdays on the Locked On NFL podcast and here with you every single Monday through Friday and then some on Locked On Saints. On today's episode of Locked On Saints, we're doing a deep dive into Alvin Kamara's 2022 season. I know, I know, usually on Thursdays we do the position battles, all that stuff. We will do that tomorrow. I got really into the weeds on this, really excited to share it with you. So very, very much uh, hoping that you're going to enjoy this here because what we're going to do is we're going to talk about how to fix the issues around how Alvin Kamara was utilized or more appropriately misutilized in 2023. We're kind of sprinkling some things throughout the show on that, but we're really going to focus on that in segment three. But first, we're going to get into the red zone misusage and drop off of Alvin Kamara, which was pivotal or detrimental to his game last year, as well as just the simple statement that we're going to make now. The New Orleans Saints simply underutilized. They're one of their biggest weapons in Alvin Kamara in the passing game as a whole in 2022. It's one thing to say it, but let's get to the numbers here to back it up. So one of the things that we know is that Alvin Kamara, 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020, just simply different. The guy was different those years. 21 total touchdowns in 2020, all of that game-changing type of guy that comes in to become sort of that joker role that's kind of scat back that does all the receiving, get them out in space, use the short passing game as a, as a continuation of the run game, all that. The Saints did that so incredibly well those four seasons. But 2022, yeah, not so much. And some of it comes down to not only like them targeting him, some of it comes down to was he even on the field? And this is where things get a little bit weird. And we know that this was an issue for the New Orleans Saints last year, right? Think back to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers game. You're trying to protect a, a multi-score lead against... Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you get down to a pivotal second and long, third and long, and instead of having Chris Olave, Rashid Shaheed, Jawan Johnson, all those guys on the field, you've got Kirk Merritt and Taysom Hill running a two-route play with Andy Dalton at quarterback. Now, that's no shade at Taysom Hill or Kirk Merritt. Actually, both those guys have a really interesting opportunity to expand their roles in 2023, which would be fantastic, but get the stars out on the field, the guys that win you games when you're trying to win a game. And this was a big thing for Alvin Kamara. 
In 2000 and starting in 2018 through 2020, Alvin Kamara was on the field for at least, at least 330 receiving snaps, according to Pro Football Focus. And while Pro Football Focus sleeps on the Saints, they rank them low positionally and as a team and all that, couldn't care less. But the raw numbers here that Pro Football Focus gives us are really interesting. So at least 330 snaps from 2018 to 2020 in the receiving game. That dropped off big time over the course of the past two seasons. In 2021, just 271 receiving snaps. In 2022, just 295 receiving snaps. That's almost 295, almost less or as much as what he saw in 2017, his rookie year, which is 291. It goes further if you just take a look at the sheer targets in the passing game as well. The sheer targets in the passing game dropped off big time. We saw 96 his rookie year, 98, 95, 103, right? All over 90. We saw him with 81 catches. Was it all three of those years he had 81? Oh, 81, except for one year he had 83. In the past two years, 65 targets and 71 targets in the passing game. So at least a 20 target drop off last year from the, 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 the sort of standard setting years of 2017 through 2020. So what happened? Why is that the case? Well, a part of it is that, and I think what a lot of fantasy folks will tell you is that like Taysom Hill cut into the opportunities in the red zone and things like that. But like that was the case in 2020 as well. Like let's not pretend like Taysom Hill wasn't a part of the game plan in 2020. He very much was. And in 2020, he also had Latavius Murray that could cut into some of those snaps. In 2017, 2018, uh, uh, Mark Ingram could have cut into some of those snaps. Michael Thomas would have cut into those snaps in 2017, 18, 19. So I don't want to hear, oh, they gave the ball to Taysom Hill too much. No, that's not the case. They just simply didn't make a concerted and intentional effort to get Alvin Kamara involved in the passing game. It's that simple. And a big part of the reason why is not because they just flippantly said, ah, we're not making them a part of the game plan anymore. No. No, no team is going to do that. New Orleans Saints would not have been dumb enough to just say, nah, he's, he's not, we're not doing that with him anymore, right? The real big thing here is that you had to use him in other ways. You had to run him between the tackles. You had to use him as a pass blocker. You had to do all these other things, but you had to feature him as a bell cow back. So you had to try to find other ways to get other players involved when you couldn't rely on Alvin Kamara because you just ran him 20 times already in the game, 30 times already in the game, all that. So the role just simply changed. And I think that that, is aided by the addition of running back Jamal Williams, who led the league in rushing touchdowns last year. A lot of that was done in the red zone. A lot of that was done in short yarded situations. That's a good thing. That means that Alvin Kamara now gets freed back up to do the things that make him special, which are utilizing him in the passing game. And look, Jamal Williams might cut into some of those red zone targets a little bit, but you can still use both of them in the red zone. You don't have to use one or the other. It doesn't work that way. That's not how football works. So I think that that's a big thing, right? You see the Route percentage, the percentage of routes run, 90% his rookie year, 87, 87, 88, right? Like you hear those numbers, they're in the high 80s. Last year, they dropped all the way down to a career low at 82.9, just barely under 83%. So you saw at least a 5% drop off from those other comparative years. So it's easy to see where the Saints didn't utilize him in the passing game. Beyond that, it was also the, the ways they did utilize him in the passing game. We saw the wheel routes drop from over 20 in 2020 to just four in 2000 and, uh, 2022. And those wheel routes are the ones where he's lined up in the backfield or he's lined up in the slot. He makes his way toward the sideline first and then turns upfield and it becomes a big vertical route. 
That was a key part of his game. Now all of a sudden that's gone. We saw the option routes come down. We saw the screen routes come down as well. We saw him run 40 plus nearly 50 screens back in 2020. We saw him run only 31 in 2022. And those are the ones that he ran. Not how often was he targeted on those routes? Let's look at that real quick too, because that's going to be a ton of fun. Uh, He was targeted, what is this, nine times? Yeah, nine times in uh, on screens in 2022. Let's look at 2020 minus the playoff games. So we're just sticking to the, the 15 regular season games he played in 2020 and the 15 regular season games he played in 2022. When we look at the 40 plus screens that he ran back then, that goes up to 27 targets. 27 targets on screens in 2020 and only nine. Is that what I said? Nine in 2022. Inexcusable. So this is what I mean. Like there is such a big part of this conversation around, oh, this person's cutting into the targets, that person's cutting into the targets, all that. You know who cut into their targets last year? Play calling, the New Orleans Saints. And again, it's not just because they just flippantly decided, "Ah, we don't want to use Alvin Kamara anymore. Uh, That's not a reality. Reality is you needed him for other things. So that's why a guy like Jamal Williams helps so much. But there's other ways that the New Orleans Saints can continue to get him involved here in 2023 and fix the issue of the misusage. Before we get to that though, one of the key spots where he was also underutilized wasn't just in the passing game, but in the red zone, not just in the passing game, but in the run game as well. Let's take a look at that because some of those numbers, we all know it, but the numbers are pretty staggering. Got that coming up for you as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode of Locked on Saints is brought to you by the number one sports book in all of America. Yep, it's our good friends over at FanDuel. And right now is a fantastic time to get involved over at FanDuel, especially as the MLB season rolls along. So if you're a first-time user of FanDuel, if you bet on MLB games, you're going to end up getting 10 times your first bon- your first bet back in bonus bets up to 2 That's right. So you put down, let's say, 20 bucks on the Astros to win a game. Whether you win or lose that bet, you're going to get $200 in bonus bets because what? 20 times 10, $200. So win or lose, you get $200 back in bonus bets. That's now bonus bets, 200 bucks worth that you could put down on more money lines. You could put down on over-unders. You can go for who's going to get the first home run in a game, parlays, all of that good stuff. All on an app that's super safe, secure, and very, very easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid out instantly. There's just simply no better place to bet on MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get that up to $200 in bonus bets back. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. All right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. Thanks again to all the everydayers out there making us your first listen of the day every day. Let's take a look at Alvin Kamara's red zone usage, right? We talked about the passing game misusage in 2022, but we can look a little bit further here over at the red zone. And I'm going to tell you right now, the common percentage to keep in mind is 50%, 50%, because that's oftentimes the difference between how Alvin Kamara was used in 2020 in the red zone versus 2022 in the red zone. So it's no mystery that Alvin Kamara was massively underutilized in the red zone and that his game and the New Orleans Saints offense suffered because of it. Detrimental to the game. So here's the first example. Back in 2020, all the way back then, 
21 total touchdowns that year, right? Stellar year for Alvin Kamara. Absolutely phenomenal year. He had 17 red zone targets. I know that doesn't sound like a lot, but bear in mind, he only played 15 games that year, just like he only played 15 games in 2022. There were only 16 games in that season, all that. So he had 17 targets. So that's more than one target per game in the red zone. That's a good thing. 12 of those came down for catches. 98 yards, four touchdowns in the red zone, no fumbles. That's important because if you remember back in the San Francisco 49ers game last year, big, big, big play actually in the red zone in the passing game from, uh, with Alvin Kamara, but then he fumbled on that play. So remember how I said 50% is the, the key number here? Okay, so 17 targets in the red zone in 2020. In 2022, only 11. That's not 50%, but I'll tell you what is. The quality targets and quality plays that Alvin Kamara was able to make in the red zone. So some of this is about targeting. Some of this is about execution on Alvin Kamara's part as well. So only tw- so you had the 12 catches back in 2020. So I would consider all of those quality targets because they ended in receptions, no turnovers. Only seven catches for Alvin Kamara for 41 yards and one touchdown in 2022, but he also had the fumble. So that means only six quality plays or results from those targets in 2022, 50% of what we saw in 2020. Let's continue the 50% trend, shall we? Back in 2020, we saw a uh, 50, we saw 51 total red zone touches for Alvin Kamara. That includes those, those 12 catches that he had. Um, and then we saw an additional, what would that be? 39 rushes, right? 50% reduction in 2022 from 51 total red zone touches in 2020 to 27 total red zone touches in 2020. Two, 10 of which, or excuse me, seven of which were those catches uh, that we discussed earlier. One more time. One more time. We got the 50% reduction. 28 rushes between 10 and zero yards of the line of scrimmage, what we call the low red zone, right? The low red zone being the second, the closest half of the red zone to the end zone. So between 10 and 20 yards, 28 rushes. That resulted in 15, or excuse me, 14 rushing touchdowns. He also had a receiving touchdown. So 15 total. Uh, touchdowns in 2020 when it came to uh, touches between 10 to, tw- uh, 10 to 0 yards of the end zone. So from 28 rushes in 2020 in those game situations, 13-1-3, not 30, not 3-0, 13-1-3, less than one a game by two games, by two counts uh, in 2022. And only one total touchdown because of that. And that wasn't even a rushing touchdown. That was Oh, no, that was a rushing touchdown. Sorry, that was a rushing touchdown from zero to 10, from 10 to zero yards. So you can see the 50% reduction theme here, big time, from 51 red zone touches to 27, from 28 touches between 10 to zero yards to 13, from uh, 12 quality catches in the red zone in 2020 to six in 2022. And this is an example of how like, this is an all on the Saints for misusing him. Some of it was his own execution, the fumble in the red zone, all of those things. And some of it too was just quarterbacks that the New Orleans Saints had at the time not going to the open guy. I mean, you can look at there's a there's a throw in that Carolina Panthers game, that awful, awful Carolina's Panthers game in uh, week 18, where Alvin Kamara runs just a simple little pivot, not a pivot, but like a simple little hitch route out of the backfield to where he just works his way upfield about five yards, turns around and is there wide open. Got about a five-yard berth from the next Carolina Panthers defender. And instead of Andy Dalton taking that throw, 
which he's a right-handed quarterback. That's the right side of the field. It makes sense. He goes to the left side of the field and throws outside of the hashes on a route that Chris Olave broke to the middle of the field. Rough, (laughs) just rough. And look, maybe Andy was right on that throw and maybe Chris was wrong and Chris Olave broke towards the inside of the field and he was supposed to go to the outside of the field. But Alvin Kamara is wide open right there, right there, right there in eye shot and is not able to doesn't either doesn't see the play or or chooses to take the long ball, whatever it might be, chooses to go for the big play. Just not the right situation that you expect to see there. So when you look at where Alvin Kamara's game was most impacted, it's that red zone usage. It's the targets in the passing game. And you can clearly see how that impacted the New Orleans Saints, where they weren't able to win games, where their defense was forcing just 20 points per game over the last eight games of the season. And I think you can pretty successfully translate from one to the other in that situation. So, man, it's really, really rough. But you can see it. We can illustrate what it is. We can see where the Saints made their decisions. We can see where Alvin Kamara's execution wasn't there. We can see where the quarterback made the wrong decision or a different decision, things like that. We can see all of that. And if we can see it, the New Orleans Saints absolutely see it. And so they should be able to address it. So what are some of the easiest ways to address it? in 2023 to make it all better. We got that coming up for you as we continue on and wrap up today's episode of Locked on Saints, put a lot on Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it, Huda Nation. Wrapping up today's episode of Locked on Saints. We have kind of, we, we kind of, you know, beat a dead horse a little bit in today's episode. Like this went wrong, that went wrong. This wasn't utilized the right way, all that. So now let's get to how the Saints can fix some of this going into 2023. And, 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 and the, the way that I'll say it is that the New Orleans Saints need to be able to fix this when they can. And the reason why I say when they can is because, look, Alvin Kamara is probably going to be suspended for some amount of games in 2023. We expect the minimum of those games to be six games. Will those be the first six games of the season? Will they be in the middle of the season? Will it be the last six games of the season? We don't know. Will it only be six games? We don't know. I can't imagine that it's more than Deshaun Watson got in, what was that, 11 games? So somewhere between six and 11 games is what makes sense to me. If it's more than that, it's kind of egregious. Uh, but, you know, we'll see. And then there's the legal part of it all as well. Like the suspension from the NFL might be the least amount of his worries. But I'm not going to get into the legal stuff because I'm not a lawyer. I'm here to talk football. So let's talk football. How can the Saints in the games they have Alvin Kamara available fix some of the things that we saw that were bad practice, bad execution, stuff like that in 2022? I've got four ways for this all to kind of come together. Um, five, actually, let me make it five, because the first one is just getting him on the field in the right situations and being able to utilize him in ways that are reminiscent of how he has most produced throughout his career. That's not hard to do. That's pretty easy. That feels like a given. So that's the easy one. Here's the other four. First of all, Jamal Williams, and I, I want to get this out of the way because we kind of hinted to it earlier. Jamal Williams, he's probably going to take away some of the red zone carries, some of the short yardage carries, but because of what you have Jamal Williams able to do in the way that you can utilize him between the 20s, it opens up Alvin Kamara's game a lot more between the 20s, where he has a real opportunity to impact the game for you. And then you have the option of finishing drives with Alvin Kamara, Jamal Williams, or Taysom Hill. So it doesn't become people cutting into Alvin Kamara's production. He can get his production elsewhere between the 20s, like we have seen throughout his entire career. And then maybe in the red zone, Jamal Williams punches it in. And so it takes a, you know, it's not the greatest fantasy play, but it puts points on the board for the team in real life. And that becomes the most important part of it. So Jamal Williams absolutely helps a little bit there, although it's it, there's a bit of a game of give and take. 
The other piece is that you have a quarterback with improved vision and Derek Carr, who's going to throw to the open man. Um, uh, you know, there was a great chart that hit, you know, Twitter, Saints Twitter the other day. I, I was going to bring it up, but I guess I could have went to a different Twitter account, but, you know, rate limits and all this other dumb stuff. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, one of the things that you saw was Andy Dalton was actually pretty accurate at throwing to the open man, but oftentimes didn't throw to the open man. So there's two pieces of that pie, right? There's the piece that is, do you see the open man and choose to throw to the open man? And when you do, are you throwing an accurate ball to the open man? When Andy Dalton chose to throw the ball to the open man, he did so at a high level, above the NFL average. However, below the NFL average, did he choose to actually throw to the open man? So that was a big issue for the New Orleans Saints. And we have seen that as a trend for Andy Dalton since, what, 2017 or so? Meanwhile, Derek Carr is in the correct quadrant of that, of that plot, which is seeing the open man and being able to deliver the... you. Know, Making seeing the open man, choosing to throw the ball to the open man, and being able to deliver an accurate ball to the open man. That's the big thing. So Derek Carr should be able to help with all of that. And you're already starting to see a little bit of it, like him and Alvin Kamara working extensively throughout training camp or, or throughout mini camps and OTAs and all the other stuff. So expect to see that more throughout training camp as well. The next piece is going to be better play calling diversity. Um, and some of this comes down to, you know, we just harped on the the screen situation in terms of targeting him on those screens and the, the 27 targets back in 2020 versus the single digit targets here in 2022. Beyond that, you can look at the option routes. You can look at the out routes and the disparity there. You can look at the, or not the out routes, sorry, the wheel routes and the disparity there. So just the, the greater usage of other pieces. And then you also had a lot more of him sitting back as the pass blocker in uh, 2020. Two as well, 49 pass blocking reps in 2022 versus in 2020, 30 pass blocking reps. So that's a difference of 19 pass blocking reps. So if you swap that out and you 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 apply those 19 pass blocking reps to him actually running routes, it takes his routes run from 295 in terms of plays that counted up to 314. Is that right? 314? I don't know. I don't know. I, I think so. Yeah, 314. And so <laughs> I, I, I sit here and talk about like all these percentages, sit here and talk about like all these things, but then ask me to add two numbers together in, in, in the moment while I'm recording and I'm absolutely useless. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so it, like that makes a big difference in terms of giving him more routes to be able to run, getting him out on the field a little bit more in those other situations, things like that, especially in passing game situations. So I do think a greater diversity in the play calling would go a long way in terms of maximizing what he has and how he's able to contribute uh, to the team and contribute to the offense and better support the offense, whether it comes to moving the ball, converting third downs, um, being utilized in the red zone, wherever it might be. Because a lot of the times there were a lot of, there's a lot of examples of him sitting back in the red zone and even sitting back and blocking and, and you no, know, no, get him involved in the game, get the ball in his hands. But you couldn't do that as much in 2022 because you didn't have a different pass blocker to rely on. Your offensive line was injured and falling apart. Like all of these things factor in. It's not just a conscious, cognizant, or, in, or, or non-conscious or unconscious con, you know, decision to not use Alvin Kamara. It's like some of it was game situation. Some of it was health. Some of it was all this other stuff. So that ends up helping a lot. Here's the other thing that I think will help with Alvin Kamara a lot too, is getting him involved more before the snap by utilizing him in motion. Um, and some of this is diagnosing the defense, right? You take the running back who's in the backfield, you motion him out wide. Or, or into the slot and a player follows him, it's a man coverage defense. There you go. You've diagnosed the defense a little bit. 
you motion him back into the red zone, you know, or and and or you do it, and then you get a zone look because nobody moves with him. Maybe the defense just adjusts a little bit. Then maybe that tells you, okay, so this safety's dropping, that safety's going to go deep, or this safety's doing that, whatever it might be. Like it still teaches you something about what the defense is doing. And now you have a guy in Derek Carr who can see that, and you can call two plays in the huddle for him: one a passing play, one a running play. And maybe you can motion the player out. You motion Alvin Kamara diagnose the defense and go, oh, they're in this coverage. It looks like they're in this coverage, at least pre-snap. Okay, kill, 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 which means that they're going with the second play that was called in the huddle. Maybe you motion Alvin Kamara back to the backfield in that case, or in either case, you get the diagnosis, you bring him back, and you run the play that you want to run. So there's a couple of things that in terms of like the, the value of what that brings to the rest of the offense when you're using more motion with Alvin Kamara, and you want to use more motion across this offense just as a whole. But as an example here, Alvin Kamara was put in motion 66 times in 2020, at least by my count. And then I've got 15 times, no, sorry, 17 times in 2022. That's assuming I didn't miss any. But even still, if I missed a couple, I didn't miss 40, 40? (laughs) I didn't miss 41 on things. Uh, There's no way. There's no way, or 39 of them, whatever. So I think that's the other thing that I think can help the New Orleans Saints quite a bit. And timing on offense is going to be a big part of it too. You have a, a quarterback that's great with timing and Derek Carr here. That gives you a little bit more of the, you know, throwing the ball to a spot as opposed to throwing the ball to the receiver, which means that you can also maximize Alvin Kamara a bit when you do get him involved in the passing game. So he's not going down on first contact. So I guess I've got a sixth point here and that's being on time and on schedule with your offense in the passing game in particular, that way you're actually delivering the ball ahead of them where you hit him in stride and then you're throwing him open and away from a from a defender, which allows him to pick up those extra yards or at least gives him the space to be able to okey-doke a little bit, to do the things we know that Alvin Kamara can do with his impeccable balance, his impeccable vision, his great you know speed, like all these other things. And so if you're not putting him in a situation where you're throwing behind him or right at him to where he has to stop and allowing that defender to gain some ground, then instead you're hitting him in stride where he can continue to keep moving and work his way into the green grassy areas of the field boom, that makes such a big difference too. So if I can see it, if you can see it, if we can all see it, surely the New Orleans State see it. And surely they'll find a way to be better with it here in 2023 for however many games they get Alvin Kamara involved. The interesting thing too is Kirk Merritt, Jamal Williams more involved in the passing game, Eno Benjamin. So these tenets, these things that we're pointing out don't have to just be used with Alvin Kamara. For the however many games that Alvin Kamara potentially misses in 2023, you've got receiving backs. You have a guy like Rashid Shahid that you can use out of the backfield as well. Imagine running option routes out of the backfield with Rashid Shahid. What do you do as a defense? You got a linebacker? Get out of my face. Get out of my face. Get out of Rashid Shahid's face. Don't disrespect that man like that. Like There's so many different things now that you can do. He's got the number 22, Rashid Shahid. He's fooling defenses. I'm just playing. But you know what I mean? Like There's all these other ways that you can continue to get these other guys involved too. So it doesn't limit you to just how do you utilize 41. But you know Alvin Kamara is one of your greatest playmakers. You know Alvin Kamara is the guy that's about to be your all-time leader in touchdowns, even though he's only played six seasons so far in his career. Like You know all that. So you know that you can get him involved in all this, but you can also apply some of this to maximize some of the other talent on your roster as well. All right, y'all, coming up tomorrow, we're going to get to position battles. Um, And the next big position battle that I want to discuss over on, you know, as we, as we head to training camp is wide receiver four. Who's the guy? We wrote down Brian Edwards. You kind of prime this conversation a little bit earlier on in the week, but is he the guy? 
Or should the New Orleans Saints go shopping? And if they do, where do they go? Is Hunter Renfro still an option? We're going to discuss all of that in tomorrow's Friday episode of Locked on Saints. I appreciate all you everydayers out there for making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget that we will be here with you every single Monday through Friday as the uh, offseason continues to roll along. As always, I appreciate y'all very much for let, uh, letting me be a part of your day, part of your routine for saying yes to me and the show. As always, if you see me, say hi. And if you need anything else around your New Orleans Saints in between these episodes, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're mom and them. Trust you that nation. I'll holla at you.